Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Believe it or not, this is our first real, true live streaming episode here, so it's our first little guest and everything else, too. Those who will be listening to the audio one, this will be airing in two weeks from recording. It is September 4th. It is Labor Day, and uh, we just got this episode here, and I am your host, of course. I am Ryan Reed. I am, of course, your host for the Pixel Classroom Podcast, and I have an amazing guest on, too. He's got over... He's got quite the career of it over 23 years he is a principal he's a teacher he's been an administrator and uh, i follow him on very much on various little areas too we talk as much as possible and i like to welcome the one and only josh tovar to the pixel classroom podcast there he is hey ryan thank you for having me here on well, labor day i know we're having a little fun here because why not let's just do a why don't we just do a podcast live stream you know on on because after that we're all just going to cook and go go from there you know all the fun yes uh, <laughs> it's, it's a special day for me they're going to take me to a brazilian steakhouse oh so, that's a sound good and here we're just doing a little bit of the mondo burgers a little bit of the shredded cheddar cheese and, and everything a little bread comes and some hot dogs and stuff and some hey, fresh you know, and i made my own Pack it up for me and send it over here to Dallas and I'll eat it. I make my own pickles too. I mean, I got a jar of pickles downstairs waiting for them. They're fresh from the garden. We got another eight. I'll probably be pickling them tomorrow too. That's my little. I love it. Great job, brother. Great oh, job. thank you. And they're they're really good. Everybody's nobody's arguing. I even did the apple cider for pickled. Uh, we had so many um, cherry tomatoes, and it tastes great on a sandwich. I mean, it doesn't as long as it's some kind of meat sandwich or a BLT, they're fantastic. So just normal thing, you just Google up pickling classic, and then use apple cider for the tomatoes uh, vinegar, and you're you're good to go. Wow, you're on fire. I, I try, I try, but anyhow, enough of me here. This is this. You're the guest, Josh. You've made out of your busy schedule. I mean, we're all in the same time zone, mind you, Texas, Illinois, and everything. But Josh, why don't we give a little bit about your little history here, and uh, you know, what led you to actually being the principal at uh, for the Jaguars here at the academy? So, my name is Josh Tawad. I'm the proud principal of Memorial Pathway Academy in Garland ISD, Garland, USA, and I've been in education. Just to turn those numbers around. I'm starting my 32nd year. I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy. 23 of them were in administration, 10 in, as a teacher, um, and so it was a thing where we migrated from Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua to El Paso, Texas, and it was via uh, my mom's scholarship with. Lydia Patterson, and that's how we got into the American system because she got a scholarship to go to UTEP, the University of Texas at El Paso. And through all those interactions, she convinced my dad, whether he wanted to or not, she convinced my dad to uh, bring us over in the late 70s to the United States. And my mom in the long run, and obviously there's a lot of stuff I'm cutting out, became an educator. She became an educator, um, which guided me a little bit on um, – on the path to take, which the Lord brought me to. I was not the best high I was not the best student in high school. Um, I'm the opposite end of what my position is. I was a student that was always drinking, always ditching. I wouldn't do, I was, I graduated the bottom of my class. I really, there was a lot of different issues. I'm a child of divorce. So everything that came along with divorce you know, I made the cho- wrong choices, I, which affected me even today, but I'm the one that created the, the, those obstacles for me. And then the only thing that fixed my life was uh, giving back to my country. But I knew that joining the Marines was something that allowed me to break me down and build me back up again as an individual. And so I joined the United States Marine and there I got the GI Bill. And my mom says, you know what, uh, you like reading history books. Why don't you think of becoming a history teacher? Because when my mom used to go to UTEP, she would leave us. Now, don't judge my mom, all right? This was different times. <laughs> I hate when people judge modern times with past times. My mom would leave us for hours in the public library while she was in school. She, mm. That's what she did. There was, there, there, there was yeah. no babysitting. There was nothing. It is what it is. And so we would stay there, and we would read, and we would read. And, and so she guided me that way. And I became a teacher, U.S. history teacher in middle school, taught uh freshman classes at Eastwood High School in El Paso, Texas. 
then uh, a lady saw something in me to become an educator. Uh, and she pushed me. She pushed me. Her name was Millie Williams to become an, an educator. And from there, I became an assistant principal, became a print, uh, principal with, again, another beautiful woman that saw something in me, Carmen Crosset, to become the actual principal of a 6A school with 2,550 students, uh, 200 plus adults. So it's a, a little city every day that I would, uh, they gave me the honor of sitting in that chair, 3,000 people every day. And then once um, I was raising other kids, other people's kids, when you're in charge of a monolith like that, you have to give in the time. And thanks to the hard work of all the people at Socorro High School, in three years, that school turned around from a D minus campus to a B minus campus in three years. Wow. The, the graduation rate went up from a low 80 to a, a 91%. So I'm letting you know that where there's a will, there's a way. They're all at-risk kids. They're all EL, EB, whatever they're called in your part of the country. Lower socioeconomic, we're literally right on the border with uh, another country and it was, we would turn it around, but you know what? There was a time I had a, I, at that moment, I came late to, to the fatherhood thing. And so my, I had a son born and he was brand new. It was at the start of the pandemic and this opportunity happened to, to where in Dallas, there was a somewhere where I could go take my family, not be accountable for a city every day. I need to make sure that as a dad, I took time for me. You know how right now we're hearing a lot, Ryan, and you know this. We're hearing a lot about adult SEL, take care of yourself, yes, yes. That, that whole thing. Well, you know what? At that moment, I was at a point to where I was very satisfied with what was accomplished at the previous campus, but I needed time to raise my son. I would go to freshman games. I would go to sophomore games. I would go to the eighth grade games because those kids were coming up to me. So I would mm. be spending time at the middle school. So I would be spending time at the elementaries because I knew that that was my pathway, that that was my learning community. So I need to be visible at all those events. But I was raising other people's kids. And so this opportunity at Memorial Pathway Academy in Garland ISD allowed me to spend time with my family and go home at a decent time. That, that's actually a really good point. I mean, some people ask me like, you know, and I, I told you just before we started recording about my, my current school district is, you know, right behind me and my son's there not right now. Here's a seventh grader in the school district. And my wife's been in elementary, but it's been, it was very important in my previous one. I would spend some time at the middle school and also that was where our central office is um, here. My current one, the high school has a central office for, but I would like talk to a lot of those eighth graders. And just, uh, just last week I decided that I was a, I decided to volunteer, um, and it was a marshal for cross country. And a lot of those eighth and seventh and sixth graders, I've actually known them because I've lived in this area for hard to believe almost uh, 11 years. Um, but the, some of those kids are talk to me, their, their older siblings are in high school. They're, Oh yeah, this is Dr. Reed, you really got, Oh, this is Mr. Astley. And you've really got to talk to them because you're gonna have their class one of these days. And I kind of found out right there that that was the first time I was really exposed to actually understanding those kids are coming to me. I mean, like I said, you were in a large school, just my first school I ever worked with. It was a very large school district. And then I kind of went to private and went charter. And then I went to a smaller one. I mean, where I was recently at Stillman Valley for five years. I mean, our biggest graduating class, my last year I left was 121. The last class just graduated was 109. And their current class, I mean, don't go that. I think it's changed a little bit. I think it's around 98. And then my current school, we just had 105, 131 for the current year, next year 115, and then we're back to 120. And then the next two classes are 110, 99, 110. As of right now, like I said, I, I said, but I said, those kids won't be here for six more years. So who, right. who knows what they're going to be, but it's very interesting. Like you said, you had over 2000 and I've talked to you and I've talked to other teachers that have done it. I mean, some are like, Oh, yo, you think that's bad. Ryan come to Palatine. I have 60 kids in my class. Good luck knowing all their names. I know once in a while you'll have one or two not knowing, but you'll eventually learn them. They're like, if I, I said, it's a good semester when I know all their names by Thanksgiving break. I said, that's, mm -hmm. that's always my dream too with some of the kids. Right. And, and it's a, it's um, being able to do those connections with the upcoming kids. And I think you you understand that based on the comment you just made it, that connection with your whole. It really does become a learning community, because right now there was an example given to me at the end of the school year, this past school year, the 23 year that one of the teachers from the campus that I left, my my my, my class has already graduated because, you know, every principal. I don't know if you all know this, but every high school principal, their dream is that they see their first graduating class. Mm -hmm. So when you're hired as a, as a principal, 
that those kids, those freshmen, they're yours. So you want to see them graduate. That's the ideal because you, if you if you know or you don't know, the high school principal chair is very taxing. It's very heavy. It, it's filled with politics. It's filled with a lot of issues out there. And so it really drains people that sit in that chair. And so the point of my, my statement is that kids that I used to go and see them play basketball at the feeder pattern were still talking about me because I would walk in with a big flag with a high school flag <laughs> and I would walk into the gym and I would bring some of the assistant principals and we would sit up in the middle of the, uh, of the bleachers with a flag. And whenever we were winning anything, I would be waving the flag knowing that, Hey, you are my children. You will be coming to me. So that stays, you know, that stays in their psyche. And even kids, even after I'm gone, they're still talking about that kind of situation. So it's crucial to be visible and be making those connections with them. And, and I love that because you know, that's what allowed that growth to happen within our learning community. Yeah, I think that's a very good point too. I mean, like I said, when I when I left Stillman Valley, I mean those those, those freshmen were my kids, and I was there at least the very ending. Because many even asked me too when I left that year because they knew it was coming. I had made the announcement about a month before I was leaving. I was not returning that school year because they still had siblings. Like I, I told you before, saying one of my former students is actually a teacher with me, and I had her her and her two sisters, and one's in nursing school, one's a junior. But uh, one thing was is that, that how that was a kids because when we had the cross country meet, we of course had Stillman Valley there all those kids knew me and they were like so happy to see me and they were just like really happy. But then our, my current kids were with me too, but it was so, I joked with two of them because one of them, they got, they got the three mile cross country run into them. And one is she wasn't, she wasn't doing right. I, I got to rip her bib because it's how we do the number thing. And her name's Harley. And she's looking at me. She's like, Dr. Emma. I'm like, Harley, let, let me get it. You need to walk it. You did a great job. You made it. You did a good time. She's looking at me. She's like, I don't know if like, you're not throwing up on me. <laughs> That's what I told her. And she's like, thank you. I said, well, get the water. You did a good job. And then not even a minute later, one of my current kids who was also a junior came running and she, you know, much different, like Harley's here and Kira was here and Kira is the same way. And, and I'm like, you did it. You made it. She's like, thank you. She's like, you're not throwing up. I mean, she's like, I'm, I'm going to try not to. <laughs> so our joke was I had a former and a current student that were about to throw up on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, and it was, I mean, it was a beautiful day, though, for the run. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold with all the crazy weather and everything else. But I, I later on had Harley come back up to me, and she's like, I'm happy you were here, is what she said to me. So that that, that hit me kind of hard right there. Wait, do you agree with me? Tell me. Don't you think I, every every sport that our kids do, they're hard. But don't mm. you think that cross country is one of the hardest sports out there? Well, I, it's, it's, it's quite tech. My wife did cross country and what epilepsy, that was the only thing she did track. Most people who do cross country tend to do, tend to do track. I mean, it, it, they kind of go think trust track has more open-ended to, but I think it's the hardest taxing because that is always consistent. Like if you do basketball, okay, you're the seven, two guy, you're going to be the post. You're, you're the five, nine, five, 10, and you, you got man handles. You're the point guard or, you know, you get you're, you're five, six, but man, can you hit that three pointer without even, you know, taking a look at that basket? And everything so you have different drills i mean not that it's not hard also i feel there is a you know discipline but also a challenge for any sport i mean if, even if they're doing lacrosse i mean schools that are big enough to have lacrosse teams but cross country is, is can be very on thing because by middle school i mean some of those kids we saw those sixth graders that was their first ever and it was a two miler you know they, they're, they're thinking in the back of the head oh god the mile's coming up next month i gotta run around the whole school twice and then stop at the football goal right. post that's my mile right and here's some of these kids. Yeah. The, their face. I, I highly recommend people to go support cross country because you really see the challenge of man versus self in mm. those runs. You know, I, I got a big belly. I don't run them. There's no way I run, all right? But I try <laughs> to keep up with points. If you go enough to the, the meets, you know where to stop and to go see the kids, encourage, encourage them. And there was this one spot. That you just see, it's up a hill, the famous hill, right? Up yep. the hill. As they and say, you, when the going gets tough, you're most likely going uphill. It's been a, it's been a saying in cross country for decades. The grimace, the challenge, and you hear them. Their face tells you they're fighting with themselves. They're pushing themselves, and it's such a hard sport. And so, you know, I commend all those kids, those coaches, and those parents that support those kiddos because you know what they they really work hard. Hey, shout out cross country. Oh. Yeah, that's a big one. That's, that's the air horn. 
There you go. The first air horn of the season. There you go, everybody. <laughs> so our George Chorus is laughing. Anyhow. <laughs> but no, it, it is quite the thing. I didn't really, I mean, I didn't know what cross country was until I got to middle school myself. I mean, I always thought, oh, yeah, football, yeah, the basketball. And we had soccer. We had spring and run. And I played, I played soccer from the age of four to 14. I never, and then it was the decision, like, do I want to keep playing in high school or do I want to try a different sport? And, you know, I did basketball because i was you know, i'm 511 so i was a little taller um and i did baseball like a normal kid but i kind of realized probably about the age of nine like baseball isn't me i like i like the idea of baseball you know i you know go cubbies and a couple other things but i realized it wasn't the sport where i was going to send you know practices three days a week to be out there and like oh yeah we get here at five i might be done at 11 30 <laughs> Mm-hmm. versus right. like a soccer game it's time like like and like i said i played soccer i didn't go up but at least when it's like hey if the game's starting at six there's a timer yeah you might get overtime you might get you know timeouts or penalty shots you're more likely going to be gone in two three hours versus baseball you might start at six o'clock you might not be coming home till 10 30 on the bus and driving yourself it's just like i learned that i remember after we had an all-star and i was like it was like third grade. We got home at nine thirty. Granted, it was July. I just yeah. remember taking like this big giant, like one of those old Seven Eleven super cups. Oh, I drink. Yeah. I drank that water and I didn't stop. And I sat down one night saying, "I don't know if I can do this to <laughs> another year." <or> two. <laughs> I was like, "This isn't the sport for me." Soccer yeah. starts in three months. I'll go back to soccer. There you go. There you go. Yeah, supporting our kiddos is crucial. Make sure that they see you out there. You know, and and I think that's one of the one of the things that I've always believed in, and you, if you see me or you follow me, I always say this, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You got to make sure you make that connection with them and they show that you're there. You're not just there in words, but you're there physically there. And that's what creates a lot of obstacles for people that sit in my chair because they're not willing to put in the time. That's that internal battle that they hold. Am I willing to give up my family time at my son's baseball game and to go see some my my school's team play for a third place in a different city, you know that those are the battles that as educators and administrators you face all the time. And a lot of times we, you know, who do you pay? You rob Peter to pay Paul. And those that those right. are the challenges about being in a in, in public education and administration. Yeah, and, e- and even private schools too, like when the ones would go to the game, the basketball games or the football games, they're giving up their time. I mean, one thing, a reason people said, like, I see you almost at every football game at, at Genoa versus when you were at Stillman, we knew you'd be there two games. Like, you were at two games at the max, and maybe you did a basketball game on occasion or a volleyball game. And it really was, was giving up that family time. I mean, my son's not really involved in anything, but it was thing, you know, coming home certain nights, 11 o'clock, driving a half an hour back to where i live right. and, so, and 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 some and like sometimes i did it because i did fbla and then i did the did the broadcast department too some of those kids early on long before covid i had to drop them off home they didn't have a ride home and they didn't have a parent right or a friend that could get that was going that way because like stillman was basically three different towns all in you know and then you know three different schools in three different towns with unincorporated byron and the truth is some of those kids did not have homes. It was, it was like, they didn't have rides. I had, to, oh, you know, you're going that way. Can you drop so-and-so off at the trailer park? Can you go so-and-so off the dirt road? They left just before the uh, turn to, to 39 going north or south to Rockford or, Hey, you know what? You're going there. Can you just drop me off at the, at the little area? The weather's really bad. Yeah. I can drive you six blocks. Cause yeah, I agree. The weather's horrible. You're not going to walk into this. And I think it was always a good thing versus I had class, you know, I had uh, coworkers and friends. They were there at every game. You know, it wasn't just, you know, the earn an extra 40, 50 bucks, but they were there and they coached and they had a relationship and it was just part of it. And their families were used to that and they were used to that commitment. So, and it's very interesting now here, two years later at my current school district, just how it matters. But now at the same time is like, I see it a little bit more. And I also say I'm not sacrificing as much, but the kids like the cross country meet last week, I saw how much that really did mean that I was there for them. Even my former students. Well, I'm glad. Hey, Whoever sees this on YouTube uh, in Taiwan or you see this in Sri Lanka, just know, yes, all administrators across the United States, we hear the same thing. Can you take me to the trailer park? Oh, this is my favorite line. My mom is almost here. She just got off of work. Only five minutes, 30 minutes later. No, she's almost here. Been there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but it's a joy, you know, in the end, and I agree with you, It's it's making those connections with them. It's, it's a beautiful thing that we have, that we're in the best, the best profession out there, the profession that creates all the other professions. Public yeah, education. I agree with that. Yeah. 
that's one air thing now um you know going on to we talked about the sel thing but you, you talked about adults i mean like you said starting before covid i know it's been huge to me i mean i've built, i've dealt with depression since i was a, a young teenager and it had a flare-up a couple of years ago believe it or not before covid <laughs> it actually because i i got in thing i went back to counseling and a few other things too but you know it, it's very interesting how many adult teachers and you said administrators like i said i've worked under all of them i've worked in fantastic award-winning educator i had i uh, that were a minister i had one administrator which, which sadly they were the person that showed up didn't mean they were the best at it but they showed up and i had the ones that were in between where they had good years they had bad years or boy I, i'd be great on this superintendent in this board or this board is kicking my butt and i don't know if i'm going to last here much longer but it's very taxing on all of them doesn't matter if you like you said right there you went from a school from that low graduation about such a high-end graduation but like i said it takes a lot out of you what is really trying to find that balance believe it or not as an administrator whether you're a principal an assistant principal uh, an athletics director i mean i know our athletics director he kicks a lot of butt but that's a lot of work he puts in himself time and his kids are grown but you know and luckily he lives close by too but you know i've seen coaches and i've seen administrators where sometimes they never leave the building until at when custodial staff is leaving like custodial staff is leaving not not oh everybody else has left on the last one versus like oh here's Rhonda and here's joe and it's 10 30 and they're going home now oh wait you're you're i'm you're still here what's going on <laughs> it's i i feel that um like principal cafela says we chose leadership when we sit in those chairs when we when we do that and i always repeat this uh when i speak to assistant principals that i work with when, when I was an assistant principal, I begged, I begged that they call me for an interview. I, I please call me for an interview. And then when the committee passed me to the second round to talk to the superintendent, I begged that they call me for that. I, I oh, all those road trips to school, all those papers, all those Sir Giovanni books that I read or didn't read, all that so that I could get that chair. Mm -hmm. Well, I cannot be in that chair and complain about where I applied. I know where I applied. More often than not, you get to choose where you apply at. And if you know you're walking into a low-rated school, if you know you're walking into, as per the requirements, the data, whatever it might say, and you know you have to put in the time, you can't complain about that. You can't complain because you begged the Lord for that chair. If you knew you're walking into an F campus and a D campus, I don't know what state you're in, but you know that you're going to have to put in the time and that's why it's crucial that when you before you apply and you're married or you're with someone for a while, you have those conversations with them. Like Sean Hurt said in his podcast, because they are joining that school with you. Yep. And if they're joining that school with you and it's a D school, an S school, they, your partner needs to know that you got to put in the hours in there. No, they cannot go to your anniversary because there is a championship game and another city. And the principal has to be at the by district championship right. game. Right, exactly. So I don't, that I don't care, wife. I don't care, husband. That that's the night of our anniversary. That's the time we're defending uh, the state championship. So that's going to come second, maybe third, to that. So it's very important that we put first things first. And that was a commitment when you interviewed, when you put out that application, and you had the superintendent take out his keys and says, "Here." Here's 10,000 billion keys for the school. It's your school. Now go fix it. Then you know you have to put in the time. And that's where people start getting that seeping, that spirit out of them because they see that their child is growing up. They see that they don't see their wife. They don't have those family dinners. Or they're spending more time over here with girls' flags. They're spending more time over here with sub-varsity sub um, in whatever sport, you name it. They have got to go to orchestra. You can't cheat orchestra. You got to go <laughs> see orchestra. You really can't. You can't. You can't cheat out orchestra because those kids also will admire you and love you when you go see them. You can't cheat any of the programs that you have. If you have a high school with CTE, firemen, criminal justice, culinary arts, I could fashion design, you better go make your presence there. But that is all the conversation you need to have. Just having a posting on the internet saying applicants wanted for this, that's not, you got to know what goes behind those things. So as an administrator, it depends where you're at. And once you establish your vision and you have the machine rolling, it's harder because then you people can become complacent because as a, uh, Jim Collins goes, 
going good to great, the number one en en uh, enemy of great is good. And we mm -hmm. can't be complacent. And the kids aren't the same. I'm a, I'm a product of class of 1988. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. My 53, 53rd birthday. Kids that walk to school with a Sony Walkman is not the same kid that has this. Nope, they are not. Or in, like I said, the same thing with here with the ear pods or anything else too. It is completely different. You know, my cousins, you know, like I said, one of my coworkers, he, he, he graduated the year before my, the, you know, my one cousin I told you about earlier, who was the principal and she was, um, she was a year, a year behind him. And, you know, completely different world then he said himself and he he does tech he comes to me like hey ryan you know i just so i know what are we going over there and there's something like he's been learning ai like the teacher ai is like bit and digit not just chat gpt and he's really been enjoying it, especially when he's like we got evaluations coming up he might retire this april he's gonna make a decision because as he said you know if i'm still enjoying it why do i want to retire i mean if i'm done i'll know but he's been using that new tech and he's been helping that too because like he said it's like you know we didn't have that or you know the teachers had you know binders this big and it's like okay i'm getting evaluated i'm gonna pick this class okay what did they do yep yep nope nope i gotta retype all this okay okay here is what i intend to do i'll see you on thursday there doctor or mr whoever is observing me and like I said, it's a completely different world. And same thing here. My son is in seventh grade. I mean, you you know, you've got three boys too. I see him going to be a lot different in two years when he walks through oh, yeah. those doors. A freshman versus my who, which will be you know my current my current freshman, which will be juniors by then. Yeah. It, it will be a lot different. I mean, we have different rules now. We've changed policies for various reasons. COVID did things and other things have been born. Right. But we're seeing a difference right now in the freshman and sophomore class where it's kind of like, see, they do the rules. They still do their whatever. I mean, because they're 14, 15-year-old boys and girls. I mean, come on. it's They're teenagers. It's going right. to happen. We right. were there too. And it's really interesting where we say like, wow, you know, these kids are much more respectful, but they're very noisy versus the other class where it's, they're not noisy. And it's like, well, me, I've been having a bit or two. It's like they're not. That's like my one class. It's like they're quiet, but they, they love to talk. They love creating. They're always asking, hey, Dr. Reed, check out. Or am I doing this right? And the other classes, it's like they're back and forthing. But then they're like, oh, yep, Dr. Reed's talking. Well, yeah, I agree. No, I don't agree. Then they're talking, talking, talking. It's like a loud class. It's not a bad thing. My principal's even been through too. But he's like, wow, that, that, that's a weird class. It's like your third hour because I teach the same class third and fourth hour in A day, which is digital lit. He's like, they're so quiet in that third hour. And then you guys go to lunch. And then the fourth hour, these guys just don't seem to stop talking. I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> and they're, they're like, they talk more than you, Ryan. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true also. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and I agree. It's That's my, my point behind that is that even when you have something established and you, let's say you have a B school and A school, it's maintaining that. And you can maintain using the same strategies because our kids keep on changing. And, uh, and this whole... AI. There's so many of us. I'm here. Me, me. This caveman right here that still uses yellow pad. I'm not ready for that whole stuff. You know, it's difficult. Some of us do fear it, even though we have all the experience and we bring different tools to the table and we know how to deal with kids. We know how to interact with them. We know how to talk to them. We know how to talk to them. We know how to connect with a human being. But you know what? They're bringing in that new. They're bringing in the cell phone now with AI. And so how are we preparing for that? That's kind of scary. That's scary for a lot of people that, oh, no, it's not here. It's not here. Hey, it came. It's here. iPhones yeah, is here exactly. to stay. I was already talking to two teachers at the end of last year, and they're like, hey, Ryan, I can tell that they they use the chat GBT or something to write their paper because I could think of that. And I said, well, you know, go to Matt Miller. He's got a whole list of how to check it or ways to do it. I was like, I have a book called The AA Classroom, which is very basic, but it's there. I was reading something the other day, and I looked at him, and I said – so what did you use? Did you use dig? Did you use chap? Did you do uh pixelate? And they looked at me like, you know, pixelate. And like, I have to kind of know these things. And the fact that I was just running off an AI program and he figured out that, you know, I knew what pixie was. And I said, I've used pixie. I said, Mr. Asling uses pixie. I said, it's a great program. You're asking it the wrong questions. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, you told me to, you, you basically said, write this slide for me. You should have asked is like, this is the rules of the slide. What should go on it to make it a high end slide. And he went, Oh, I'm like, that way it's giving you the thing. I said, I said last year, I said, I used chat GPT and dig it twice because I kind of looked at the lesson. So I just copied the original lesson that I you know, had on a Google doc, pasted it in there. And I said, just update this with, with current, you know, Illinois and ISTE standards. And basically it gave me a list like slide one should be this because it asked in silver. But when I looked at slide four, I'm like, oh, I never thought about that's because otherwise it was like, yeah, yeah. So basically it was telling me like, hey, you're doing a fine job. But then also I got the slide four is like, it should have this. And I went. Ooh, 
I didn't think of that. I, I need to update that. And I have to say, I think the presentations were better because I just updated that one slide rule. All the other ones, it was basically telling me like, well, you're doing X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z. I'm like, yeah, so okay. I'm like, but I just threw it in there to say, give me an updated version of this. And, that's mm-hmm. what and, I, and I still did the rest, but I saw much better presentations than I saw in two years because of just updating the rules for that one slide. Perfect. And that's what we need to keep on doing is keep on evolving and making sure that we're connecting with what's out there and make sure that we're, we're and not to sound cliche, but the whole concept of lifelong learners, because yeah. it's going to keep on, it's going to keep on evolving and we can't stay stagnant. We can't be stagnant water for our kids because they need the best of us every time that they're in the same building with us or the same hallway. And I think it's a good point because there is so much going on here that's saying that like, you know, you're done learning it, move on with your life. But I'm like, no, you really don't. You're always learning stuff. I mean, there's something, I mean, like I said, you know, it's like, it's like I said, like, I know how to walk. What if I was in a horrible accident and I had to go through rehab? I have to relearn how to walk. Yes, I'm aware of how to walk and, you know, do the stands and, you know, the body becomes muscle memory. But now, you know, my knee had to be reconstructed. Now I got to learn how to get that weight back on. What am, when am I allowed to do it? Or as they say, as I tell the kids, we're going to crawl before we walk. And then once we walk, we'll run. And I said, and after we run, we'll run a marathon. And the kids look at me, what do you mean running a marathon? I'm like, oh, <laughs> talk to me at the end of the semester and you'll see exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. The kids look at me like, what do you mean we're running a marathon? They, they get the concept of crawl, walk, and run. But then when I said, and then we'll run a marathon, they went, we'll do what? And like, yeah. okay. I said, a couple months, you'll, you'll, you'll absolutely understand that. And sure enough, they were like, oh, this is what you meant. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good to have those connections uh, with with those kiddos and and just the way that you are, the way that you're feel, willing to find um, uh, ways to have those conversations. And I think that's a lost art right now with um, the exodus that we have in education, Ryan. I think that um, that what you just discussed about going to go see the cross country, about having the conversation with a kid about what AI system they used, all that minutia is crucial to building the bridges. And a lot of our team members that are coming to us, I don't know about you in Illinois, but in Texas, I still have two vacancies. Right. I still, I still can't find people. And the and, and God bless them, the people that apply. Um, we just have a mindset when we interview, right? And we have a mindset of, are you good for kids? And if you're good for kids, can you fit into the, the team? So I'm visioning you in team A, whatever, ninth grade team, team B. Do you fit that position that we have opening? And a lot of right now, uh, all educators will tell you this. It's hard to find those right fits. And then when you do have that, a lot of them don't have the connection with the kids. Goes back to having that. And you've seen this, Ryan. You've been around uh, coaching. You've seen that football coach rip or that basketball coach rip that kid on the sideline. Rah, 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 rah. And you hear that guy and you have two. I've seen both of these. Number one, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because you know that that athlete is loved by that coach. You mm-hmm. know that they will each walk on fire for each other. You know that there's love and a connection there. I've also seen that same thing where the kid starts cussing at the coach, throws his helmet to the side, and sits on the bench. Right. You know that there was no pre-love done. You know that that coach never established it. You know it wasn't there because kids will always allow you to push them as long as they feel that you're pushing them for love, that as long as you're pushing them because you want the best of them, because you know that you have and they have a growth mindset to become the better version of themselves. And that's the beautiful thing about our field. Our field makes, as that one uh, YouTube guy said, we make a C look like an A. We are able to talk to them, inspire them to, hey, you got an 89, make that 89 feel like an F. You know what? It's because we know how to love our kids. And right now, that's the void that we have. Not only that, but as administrators are being pumped up because as superintendents are leaving, principals are leaving, mm-hmm. less, less experienced individuals are sticking around, which creates that new anarchy that we have. It's that undercurrent, as Jimmy Costas mentions, is that undercurrent that happens because they don't know about the dynamics of connections with people. And it's those things that I feel it's 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 a lost art and we need to keep on pushing it, making sure that they know we got their back. Both the adults, the kids, the custodians, the cafeteria workers, the instructional aides, the bus drivers. They know that we got their back and always supporting them. But we as people that sit in our chairs role model those expectations. 
And if we don't role model those expectations, then that undercurrent will start happening. And it happens to all of us. It happens it, to it all of really us. Does. I mean, I think Adam, Adam Welcome said it best, both both on his you know principal podcast as well as in two of his books. He's like, some of the best people you need to know is your custodial staff, because guess what? They're doing the hard work and everything else. And that's one thing I can say through all my schools is, and that was the one thing at my previous school too, is I talk to the custodial staff. I get to know them. It's always nice. I thank them or I say, you know, same thing. But what was always interesting at my previous school district is one time I was there and I helped them clean the tables. I, I had no class. I had time on my hands. I actually, I, you know, a rarity, you know, it's like, oh, hey, I actually have. 45 minutes to myself all everything's ready to go there's nothing to prep i'm good for the week and i went there and i helped them clean and they are two kids and i could hear them very friendly we're talking to my assistant principal that with jeff volts and they said i don't get it what is what is mr reed doing like what do you mean it's like he's helping them clean that's not his job and he's like because he knows they have good they work hard and he's been there and he's cleaned that up for them too and he basically turned to one of them and said you know, another thing is, and he gives you a hard time or I give you a hard time. We're doing it for a reason. You right. know, you've got kids and I've seen this and this is, you know, th sadly, this is as old as time. This has nothing to do and you can throw whatever relationship. But when you have a, a, a student that will go to a class, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll they'll check their messages or try to sneak in everything, but they're still answering that thing. They still want a good job. They actually go to the teacher and say thing and they have no problem. Then they'll go to another classroom and they say, I'm doing my best to just get under this teacher's skin. And the question is, why that teacher is giving you every chance he's giving you a thing and you're just enjoying to see how much it is before you've violated a, a classroom a school rule to be sent to the office it's like two kids that are kind of go thing and then all of a sudden they decide start hitting each other but they actually hurt each other i mean they're they're goofing around but it's like no you're done you're to the i'm like no we don't do that in the classroom i said that right there we keep our hands to self we do not smack each other you want to do that in your own home playing video games over pizza i'm not gonna stop because guess what my friends and i did that when we were eight we don't do it in the classroom <laughs> and it's like I had another one. They were holding the volleyball. He was ready to go to practice. And he was, I said, I said, I'm fine with you holding the volleyball. It just can't go anywhere. He started messing with it, almost went on the computer. And like, what did I just say? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm like, where does that ball go now? It's like, goes to you, Dr. Reed. I'm like, thank you. And I said, remember, you still need practice. I'm like, I'm not dealing with Coach Foster, but I just told you. And that almost went into those brand new monitors. And that's a $600 monitor. And you almost broke it. <laughs> right. And I just simply said, don't do that. And then he did. And I'm like, and now you're wondering why I'm upset. But at the same time, the the students have said this like yeah i've seen you yell and then two seconds later like go back to like and now we're going to this it's like what do you do it's i said sometimes the best teachers are the ones that are going to put you in your place but they're going to pat you on the back the second the next second and i like that you said that and and that's something for all educators um to keep in the back of their mind is being consistent you mean what you say and say what you mean and i like the example that you just gave you gave the kid their place because you know what this generation is totally different than mm -hmm. gen xers were and so you, all right, you want to hold on to the ball? That's fine. But if anything happens, this is what's going to happen. So you establish those norms. And then if they choose, choose not to follow the established agreement between you and that individual student, then you, you take away the volleyball in your example. But it's about following through. Mm -hmm. You see, when you don't follow through as an educator, and I, I think you might agree with me, Ryan, kids are going to keep on stretching that rubber band. Oh, yeah. In every single last way. And you're going to have more of a problem. And then it doesn't become day one, hour one, second one of the first day of school, you had 100% control. It's up to you how much of that control you'd release for negative choices. So you got to be consistent. Say what you mean and mean what you say. As an And also as an administrator, because if that kid don't believe you, that you care about him and provide him with focus, structured redirection of behavior, then they're going to keep on coming back and creating this disorder with that. Like the example that you gave, they kept poking on poking at the bear. Oh, I'm going to get after that teacher. So you, Mr. Administrator, what are you doing to be consistent to making sure that there's no recidivism with your office, that that kid doesn't, that Josh doesn't go back to you. And also, hey, teacher X, what are you doing to make sure you don't allow Josh to push, to tap that uh, button? And that mm -hmm. triggers you, and then you're gonna be so angry. By you know what starts happening in October and in March, right? Oh those yeah, are the, those are the Hiroshima months. Those are the months. <laughs> I haven't heard that term in a while, but yeah, those are the Hiroshima months. Those are the Hiroshima months where where teachers start boom, they explode on the phone to a parent, and then you gotta fix it. Boom, they explode with another colleague in the in the in the teacher's lounge. They they, they 
So what are we doing to avoid Hiroshima month? What are we doing to make sure that, and the only way that's going to happen is, hey, educator, doesn't matter what chair you sit in, you have to be consistent with kids in a loving way. Be consistent and make sure that you draw that line, that hard line, because once they know that they're not going to be pushing your buttons, they're not going to be stretching the, the rubber band, then you know what? That whole, there'll be harmony all over. There will be consistent harmony because everyone has set expectations and we're all living up to them. What do you think about yeah. that? And it is. I think that's the best way, especially when we have observation. I mean, I have it. I'm, I'm non-tenure. I mean, previous school, I was tenure. And then, you know, I had them every year. But we always go into that, um, too, with the observations. Like, they always look at classroom management. And they will, you know, sometimes, you know, and it's usually it's two, two, and then eventually just becomes one a year. You know, the, norm, the normal Dan, we're on Danielson. And honestly, I love Danielson because I learned it when I was getting my master's degree. But it is very interesting when they go saying about the classes, too, where it's like classroom management. But I had a friend of mine a couple years ago, true story. This was 2018 i believe that and she teaches science and she also dealt with mostly special ed students and she was something she'd done hundreds of times been 10 years students been there 14 years principal comes in and i and i love i love my old principal i miss, I miss leslie but she came in do a normal observation and when that lesson started those kids froze those absolutely froze They're like mrs showers is here they Rose. So then when she went to talk to them and, you know, normal, normal, you know, 68 minute class, they wouldn't respond. <laughs> and then she's going on and, and she taught very similar to me. You know, we talk 15, 20 minutes and it's work time. Then I help you. You work on the Chromebook. You're getting that paper done. You're working on your science experiment. And I'm walking around seeing how I did. and they still froze. They completely froze. And she and she told me this and I got it later on, too. She said she walked out of that and said that was an absolute disaster of a class. She went. Yes, that was. And honestly, I think it was my fault. I was the principal in a room of kids who were, who were like <gasps> principals in here versus other ones like, you know, and, and that will always go a thing. I mean, when my current principal or my vice principal in the room, the kids are kind of normal, but they're like, okay, Dr. Cassio is here. Oh, Miss Osborne. Oh, holy cow. Our superintendent is here. I, I How do I react when Dr. Powell is here? And, and, you know, you try to go on the regular lesson. Sometimes kids just like, oh, yeah, this is nothing. We haven't been through the principal. They're they're walking at the teacher. And then, you know, the principal, oh, yeah, his class is like this. All oh, maybe that kid's not screwing around because you're in the room. And, you know, they'll tell you. But right. they'll like, well, when that kid does screw around in the room, how did they act? Like, oh, no, you know, Mr. Mrs. Do's whatever. So this isn't anything new. And honestly, I kind of like it when they're quiet. This makes me, I can concentrate in class. <laughs> Right. They're like, it's like that all the day. Like, no, I had an unofficial observation. This was year my first year at uh, my old district. And he came in and the class I, and the, that class had three kids that were always, always constantly doing it. We're always causing problems. We're like, I just passed the test and I'll graduate this class. I don't care. I don't do anything. And I, and he came in, did it and thought it was a great, he was like, that was a great class. The time was good. Your questions were good. The interaction was good. You had them on the, you know, on their computers doing good. You walked around. I, I think you only had one kid that really just, you basically snapped your fingers. Like we're done. I know it's the end of the day, but I'm not putting up with this. Once you get out of the hallway, I'm not going to stop you. But he's like, that was a great class. And I said, that was a good class. And I said, in fact, those two kids like, oh, I know who those two kids are, Ryan. I'm like, that was what probably one that I said that that's a good day for them. They're like, Oh no, I can absolutely agree. That was a good day for them and you. So I think he's like, I think we just picked the perfect day. And I said, yeah, I like observations that do that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they're still aware like, Oh, the vice principal's in here. <laughs> I know I really better not screw around here. Right. Right. And you know what, just to piggyback on what you're saying, that whole concept, you know, last year I got some feedback. It was in, it was a interesting year last year because some, some changes happened at, at Memorial pathway. And so as I adjusted them, I got too caught up in the in the minutia of the central office aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I got caught up with it because then once I get a task, then I, I get those blinders, my Gen X blinders. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. And so that that kept me away from normally being as often in the classroom set as I was. And just thinking about what you just said right now. Um, at, at, at NASSP this past uh, summer at, at the conference, you know, some speakers were talking about what are you going to do to adjust? Because it was all of the theme was SEL for administrators. Right, right. It was, it was all that. And so I was thinking about, yeah, you know what? And then I got the feedback like, hey, you know what? We really don't see you that often. And I'm like, no, no. But then you see, if you hear it twice, then it's reality. That's in my my, my opinion, my mm -hmm. opinion. So then I go, all right. So I heard that twice. So then I got to readjust what I'm doing. And it's not a big school. It's a little school. It's not like that monolith I was living in. Right. And so I made it a point that I go, no, I need to change it. 
because it's easier for me to control situations, not control as in demanding control, but in regards to being there to have the support for our team members and our kids. So I did it. I go, I, why, why am I reinventing the wheel? I got me that portable desk, that mobile desk. I got my computer there. I got my two chargers, one for my, my addiction, one for my laptop. Well, and right there, hallway, hallway C, that's how I start off the day. That's, that's my squeaky wheel. Then after that, I go to hallway A. Then I go to lunch studio with my little cart. I'm everywhere. Who needs something? Here, come, come let's, let's talk. Let's have any discipline problems. I use sometimes here. Hey, the water's in the hallway. There you go. There you go. So I think that that's another thing for us, brand new administrator, a new a assistant principal. Hey, new principal, you got to be out there, not only at the basketball game, not only at the freshman cheerleading uh, competition, but in those hallways so that those kids don't freeze up on teacher X and teacher Y because it's not normal to see you in the classroom. They should be able to see you in the classroom always because you know what? You're the coach and you're on your, that's game time. Every classroom is a game, a basketball championship game. And we need to be in there making sure that we're coaching not only the kids, but our team members in the classroom. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Cause like I said, that was something different for them. I remember one time I was, I was with a bunch of freshmen and I should say this year. And I said, Oh, you know, Mr. C is going to be here. I'm like, who Mr. C? I'm like, Cassio. I was like, Oh, our principal. Okay. Okay. I, I was aware of that, but, it, but they, they realized like, Oh, he, Dr. Reed does a lot of nicknames and, or does a lot of shortcut thing. But sometimes I just say, do you want me to get X, Y, and Z? And they're like, no, we're, we're good. I'm like, also they're in the hall. Do we want to, or like, I need to get a pass. Like, okay, I need to write you a pass. That's not a normal bathroom pass. Like you sure. I'm like, no, I have to. I said, you know, coach blah, blah, blah is on hall monitor it is Thursday. You don't have your pass. He's going to send you either right back to me or he's going to be sending you over there. And the kids are, Oh, gotcha. I got you. They, they understand that too. And it's not like versus, and then some days they're like, Oh, Hey, Mr. Bowling, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you there, Abby? I'm great. And then they walk about their business. They're not shocked. Like, Oh, you're in the hallway. I should be afraid more. Like, hey, what's up? Moving on. Same with me. I always get like, Oh, Dr. E, how you doing? I'm like, ah, it's me. I'm just having my normal day or what's up everybody. Or I'm, or sometimes I get through too. There's a lot of us say good morning. And it was always like, Whoa, teachers here say good morning i'm like why wouldn't we say good morning and, and, and you know what because of the situation that um the pre i've, all, I've only worked in big schools up until in memorial it's always been 5a schools with uh, 1900 2000 kids or that's all i've ever worked really um overall the last couple of years decade decades and so this i always used to see principals greet their their kids when you're in that huge school with 26 units buses dropping off kids at different times you just can't be at one spot and so i used to before you know before i used to see principals stand there and greet the kids i was just worried about making sure everything was okay in the hallway before the start of school because it was like i said the school was uh, had a lot of issues with fights in the hallway had mm -hmm. a lot of issues oh, yeah. sadly we, we go through this i mean we, we this is a school it happens i think i've broken off more fights in the last six years right. between two small public schools versus when I actually worked in inner city school where, you know, we had a lockdown. There's a shooting three blocks away. We, right. we locked down the kids knew, you know, and I would, the kids would be out of control. something. but when there'd be a lockdown, they'd be like, quiet. They knew that they were done. And I, and people said like, Oh God, you worked there. You worked with well. like kids from all over the block. I bet you saw a lot of fights. I went, no, actually, no, I've seen more fights here. here. <laughs> and, I, and then they looked like, well, we only have like two or three a year. I'm like, once again, <laughs> I've seen more here i'm not saying we're out of control or we got the worst kids right. that's always trying to see how quickly they can get out of school or a resource officer has to come take them you know away but i was just like saying yeah because some my first I, my first year at my current is we had one breakout i got right in the hall and i got right in front of both of them and i'm like you're not hitting me we are done with this i am done with this where are you going to go right now and that they were girls they separated perfect I just went to him like this isn't happening. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Not 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 under my watch, I say. Yeah. Well, you know, in the in the morning, um, since I arrived there, it's just I greet the kids getting off the bus. We have mm -hmm. four units and every morning. And it, it, a little bit background on Memorial Pathway Academy. It's a school that is comp uh, mainly my, my customers are mainly kids that just arrived from Afghanistan, Pakistan, Africa, Vietnam. Obviously, all of Mexico, South America, right. well, the, 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 you know, you, you see the news, you know, you know, what's oh, yeah. going on. you know, what's yeah. going on. So a lot of these kiddos come to us first before they go to the comprehensive high schools and they go to us to learn basic English. 
and not even at mastery level, just intermediate level, because they can't stay that long. They need to be able to interact with constant usage of English. Being one of those kids, I'm letting you know, being one of those kids, I got to make sure that I interact with more English than with my tribe. And you know that you go to, let's go, let's go into a lunchroom. All the jocks are the jocks. It hasn't changed. All the baseball players, the baseball players are the cheerleaders over the cheers. My skaters are over here, you know, right? So these kids, they need to make sure. And it's been a joy seeing how just greeting them every single last day. Good morning. You know, go see ciao, ni hao, salam alaikum, whatever it might be as they're getting off the bus. Just starting the day off with a, it's better than a scowl, you know, it's better than a scowl because before that I would notice them and they would get off the bus and I would just be waiting for them because of the whole stand six feet apart and the, the measuring the temperature, you know, because that's when I got hired there. But as it evolved, just, and that's where the early interaction was with them. And it's a beautiful thing. So if you're in a small enough campus, I really recommend that teachers, um, assistant principals, Greet those kids at the bus. Make sure that you're there. And just the actual presence of seeing you there really lowers that fight or flight thing in the brain. Not only that, but you start building those relationships because you see what their backpack is. You start seeing the type of shirts that they're wearing so you could have those conversations with them. And that's how you start building those beautiful bridges of success, those beautiful bridges of academic success because they know that you're going to push them to be the best version of themselves. I think I think that is the best mic drop I've actually heard in actually the last couple of years here. I think that's a great way to say it because I agree it is and it is building that relationship, which I think is a really huge piece here. Because like I said, uh, that's what we're always doing. And even as teachers and administrators, we need to we have to have those relationships because I, I think I, I found a quote. I can't think of the person who said it, but I think somebody said they instead of like saying like instead of saying oh you have that class, saying no this is my class. And everything right. else. And I, I tell them every day, even when I get upset or I yell at them or I have to send them it's like, I want you to do well. I get on you because I want thing. And I talked to a couple seniors and I got one and he's back and forth. Sometimes he does work sometimes, but he says, Oh yeah, I gotta get this done. My mom's yelling at me. And I looked at him like, I want you to get to the red carpet in six months. I want you to get there, but you got to meet me halfway. I can't, I, I, I can't push you the, the rest of the way. I can get you right there towards the last you know, the end goal, if you were, to, well, he's not a football player, but I just said, like, I can get you towards the edge of the, of the carpet. It's up to you to step on that stairs and get on stage. I can't do that. Perfect. I can get you as close as there. You're the one who's got to get yourself up those stairs. So, and it really is. It's like, you know, four steps and you're up there. Yeah. So, so I tell him like, I'll get you the red carpet. But it's up to you to get up those stairs. That's great. That Our kids need to keep on hearing that advice, that loving advice. And that's, that's a great way to, Start off the 23-24 school year just by making sure that we're there and they keep on hearing it. And they don't want to hear it sometimes. And they say, don't say it anymore. I don't mm-hmm. want to hear it anymore. It don't matter. Because later on, hey, why didn't you say this? Hey. Or, or they'll repeat your words. That's the best part. When they repeat your catchphrases or your isms, mm-hmm. whatever the readisms is. Whatever the read it, I don't know. I know former students will call enough on your podcast that I know you have readisms. I'm sure in your classroom you've got your isms there. Oh, I I I do my I say things too that they sometimes just like grow. Like I I had one class where I where for some reason for the first three months I said, Well, look at that. Eventually they started going like, Well, you look at that. (laughs) I looked at them like I say that just a couple of times, and you guys just never let me look down. I was like, Well, it's not a bad thing there. Mr. Reed. I'm like, well, <laughs> I said like a handful of times and then also the kids would repeat it. <laughs> well, we need to keep on talking to our kids. And you know what? You know what's scary about it, Brian? What's that, Josh? That every once in a while you start hearing your mom, what she used to tell you come out of your mouth. <laughs> I, I actually do hear my mom sometimes. I, I've said so I said something the other day and I I this was a true story. This was my summer class. I did a summer class and I was teaching them basic stuff when we finished it up with a game we'd always play a board game we did thing with monopoly i said something and i stopped and i only had i only had three kids that summer for that class and they looked at me like what's wrong with dr reed i'm like that was my mom (laughs) and the kids is like lost it but then one of them she's in my um she's in my one class she's a freshman and i said another thing else she's like you haven't frozen yet so you haven't sounded like your mom lately i'm like no luckily not (laughs) but she remembers that she remembers that from august 
<laughs> there you go. So let's keep talking to them kids. Let's keep greeting them. Let's keep loving them, connecting with them. And it will, it will ensure your sanity. Because the only constant thing in our field is change. It that's absolutely the only, that's the only constant. When, when, when you started, you started in 96, 97? Uh, I graduated high school in 96. I officially was in 2010. Oh, 2010. Right. Two, uh, late 2009 is when I was okay, first. So it was medical field and it was education, right? Yeah, I was there. So I did thing, fast food, other things, various businesses. I did a lot of my business classes are based off stuff. I did working in various places. I worked for a factory company. I worked for some house stuff. I did some temp. And then I went into health services for almost five years and then went to education. And as I was in health services, I kind of transitioned to that. And also, I did community theater. I did my first play in 13 years this past August, and I loved it. It was great. Go. And it was all, of course, nickel and dime. How not to get by in America, which was about the, <laughs> the low end part of the late 90s in the working world, which was actually pretty. I mean, and it's a very interesting, as they say, it is a banned book in certain states. But at the same right. time, people read it and said, this was written 20 years ago. And the author just recently died. And technically, I said, yeah, I mean, people have said that, too, about how she came up. But it still resonates years yes. later. It completely talked about the working class and everything too. And it throws up things too. And I mean, I I'm reading the 20th anniversary right now, but I read things like, yeah, I had a boss just like this. And I was exactly in that job and the kids I'll sometimes make references. And they look at me like, yeah, my mom went through that when she was mm -hmm. my age. I went, yep. I said, some things don't change. Exactly. And th those are great lessons for our kids. I'm glad that you're doing those awesome things, brother. Just checking you out on social media and what you're putting out there out into the world. The university will always come back to you. It will always come back to you. So platforms like this, you know what? I myself, I, I value it a lot. You know what? And I thank you for giving me uh, time here on your platform, making sure that we banter back and forth. I can't believe we were almost at an hour, brother. I know. All of a sudden it gets lost. I mean, usually mine don't go longer an hour, 45 minutes, or when I'm by myself, I'm like, oh, that was 20 minutes. Wow. I, I, I really got rattling. But then people are like, but that was a great episode. I know it was just you, but wow, I was a, I didn't even know it was 20 minutes. I was like, I know. It's kind of funny. I was I was listening to one of my regular podcasts just this morning, and no offense to them, but I was like, okay, we, we've we talked about that. Then I, I caught up on the episode from last week i couldn't be it next thing i was my, my wife goes like when you come out of the basement you've been there for 40 minutes i went i've been here 40 whoa i have i really got engulfed in that one so right i hear you and so these are great things so you know just keep on putting it out there brother you know thank you for for being who you are and being so someone that has all the ideas that you do not only within your field but you bring in the knowledge of the medical field but then you start switching to me to comic books and then you're just bringing into me that you're an artist you're an artist <laughs> you, you know you, that 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 kind of different personality kind of situation is great for kids that's great for kids. oh and the pixel you can't mr pixelated exactly. yeah right there got good old kirby here with what what is what is podcast I, this is actually radio but still i always use this. this is actually on my microphone i keep this one around regularly too so yep i know it's it's as i say comic books and learning which is good there's a book shout out i haven't done yet which is called um superhero teaching it's uh out right there it's by the um simulational uh podcast person he's really cool little thing the superheroes in the comics i'm finally getting my copy next week finally so i'm gonna say check it out there's actually some good things the reason i didn't buy it until later because there's stuff i've used from him stuff for years but it's very high up and on that note josh how can people connect with you on the various platforms you're everywhere you're everywhere you really are <laughs> you know what? if i could share any of my ideas with you i mean um take them steal them if there's anything any kind of feedback that you want if you want to be part of the unlock the middle i support a podcast unlock the middle we talked to superintendents we just had a show of women in leadership we just had a, a upcoming show of, we had five Five state champion football coaches, all wow. of, from five different states. We've had EB. Uh, we're about to have EB part two, uh, how to help support EB student special ed. We've had all. So if you're interested, come and join us um, on uh, Unlock the Middle or all those little things scrolling at the <laughs> at, at the very bottom. The audio version, but I have all those. And they'll be in the show notes. Look, like I just that's why, yeah, no, I, that's why I say give me your social media because then I just yeah. copy and pop it in the show notes when it goes on. <laughs> When it goes on a podcast here and it's like ta-da connect with josh here <laughs> the, the easiest is on the x not twitter get stop saying twitter guys because every time i say what's your x handle you're like my x why are you calling me an x stop <laughs> it get, get, let's go let's go with elon he changed it so we got to deal with it 
So yeah, MPA underscore go Jaguars or at JT Spotlights. I put more of my school stuff on one platform and the other stuff I just what Josh believes. I don't want to combine both of those. Um, but just reach out. You know what? Um, iron sharpens iron. Success breeds success. I've been humble enough to be in uh, 13 schools. This is my 32nd year. I've been from elementary. I've taught at the college level. You know, we've I've been in blue national blue ribbon schools. I've been at at risk schools that were almost being uh, taken over by the state. As you know, growth, I, I turned around a school, a big six A school. So there's a lot of things that if you want to throw at me, bounce off of me, I'm here to help you because you know what, you're not alone. We tell that to kids, Brian. We tell kids they're not alone, that they should reach out for help if they feel lonely. And you're not alone, educator. You're not. There's tons of people out there. Make sure that you reach out. And if you want to reach out to me, go on social media. And if you're not on social media, you still rent your movies at Blockbuster. You still buy your (laughs) pants at Montgomery Awards. And you still have beta tapes. So put down the beta tape and reach out and get on the X. Uh, those are some really good reference visions of Montgomery Ward. My father-in-law worked there once upon a time. <laughs> uh, Josh, this has been a great time. And everybody listening to us here, both on the live stream here, and of course on the audio here when this airs and everything, thank you for joining us again. And we'll see everybody later on the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Mm-hmm.